0: You know, what's the worst that can happen? You're broke. I was broke when I started, okay? <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? You're broke, so what? You're already broke. Yeah. Like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Everyone thinks you're a failure. Folks, who cares what other
1: people think? Well, talked about that already for sure. Yeah,
0: it's like, dude, just just go. I mean, if someone has an idea, and it's a stupid idea, it doesn't mean anything. If you're passionate about it, and you take a chance, and guess what? You might be proven... Right, that it is a great idea. Look at Crocs. You know Crocs? Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Own if, them.
0: If my buddy would have told me, hey, dude, I got an idea to make rubber clogs, I would have said, dude, ain't nobody <laughs> going to buy those things. Like, don't do it. At the end of the day, dude, don't listen to other people. Listen to yourself. You have intuition. Yeah. It was instilled upon us. And I think if more people listen to their intuition, they'd be much better off in life.
2: In today's ultra competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business.
1: Hey there, I'm the real Jason Duncan. Welcome to the show, glad you're here. We're gonna be talking with a guy today that uh, he doesn't realize how much he's he's influenced my brand and what I've done and I think he's gonna find a little bit about that today. We're gonna be talking with the real Brad Lee So, we're going to introduce him in just a minute, but I want to talk about the show. First of all, I want to say thanks for watching on YouTube if you're watching. If you're listening to this on any of the podcast players, you have to thank, as I do every week when we do the show. I want to thank C Suite Radio Network. Those guys helped me get this syndicated on every podcast player. They're one of the largest podcast player production companies and syndications in the country and i'm really grateful to be part of the c-suite and radio network so thank you for listening if you listen on spotify or itunes or google Podcasts, no matter where you listen to this please leave us a five-star review because obviously we want more people to hear this and the more reviews we get the better gets it in front of more people and if you don't think we deserve a five-star review me an email let's talk about what i can do to make it better i try to make this better so that you can get to the root of all success and understand that we're actually shooting this video today from a new location in the standard at the Smith House. If for those of you that watch this frequently, you know that we shoot this, uh, we've been shooting the matador room, we've shot some in Josh's office, a great setting here. But today we move to the rhino room. And so you got to go look at this on YouTube. If you haven't looked at look this on YouTube, go to the realjasonduncan.com/c/ the well no, it's uh, I guess go to the youtube.com/c slash the real Jason Duncan. You can look at it on my YouTube channel there. You can see how cool this room is. And, and uh, Brad's going to talk today a little bit about the fact that he's got, he loves rhinos. He's got a tattoo of rhino and we're in the rhino room. I didn't know any of that stuff about him. And he's like, this is cool that we're in the rhino room. And he's uh, really into rhinos, likes them. We'll talk a little bit about that too. Today's episode sponsor is Lightspeed VT, the company that Bradley started. Brad started this company to be the world's premier online technical training and staff training. And if you've got content you need to push out to people, Lightspeed VT is the thing you need to take a look at. So go to LightspeedVT as in virtualtraining.com. That's Lightspeed VT dot com look it up and when you contact them and you want a demo i need you to tell them hey i heard about this on the root of all success because you want to make sure that they take great care of you and there are people over there fantastic brad's great he's talked to me about his platform for my university for results university and i think you need to look at that if you've got any employees you need to train if you've got content you need to push out go check out lightspeedvt.com so today's episode uh One of the things I love about doing this show probably more than anything else is getting to meet really cool people. A lot of the entrepreneurs I have on this show, um, people haven't heard of, and that's fine. Uh, One of my first guests of build himself as the the most famous entrepreneur you'd never heard of. <laughs> so I get that there's a lot of people you haven't heard of, but Brad is probably somebody you've heard of. Brad's got a ton of followers on social media, his YouTube channels, uh, got tons of subscribers. He d- pushes out a lot of content. His podcast, The Dropping, Dropping Bombs, is fantastic. He talks with people about what they're doing. And what I, what I like about Brad is that he pushes people to reconsider what their thought process is and he's not ashamed or uh too shy to do that he's pretty bold i'll tell you what he said to me when we were talking pre you know getting ready for him to come on the show i said hey brad you know i'm i met you one time in nashville a few years ago and he goes yeah uh you should be more memorable (laughs) well he's he's right like I, i i should be and so the influence that he's had on me for my brand has been fantastic but brad Brad started Lightspeed VT uh, from scratch and built it into a multi-million dollar platform. Uh, And besides being a CEO, he's been featured in Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, GCTV, uh, The Huffington Post, Forbes. Like This guy's done a ton and he started, if I remember correctly, and we're going to talk about his story, but if I remember correctly, part of his story starts in the car business. And I'm going to ask him a little bit about that and sales and how that kind of led him to do this. But I'm so happy that all the way from Las Vegas, we got Brad Lee here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, at first, I don't think it was his intention to come to Nashville. He's going to do this by Zoom. But I'm so happy that he made the decision to come to fly out to Nashville and to be here with me on the show, even though he had a little trouble parking, which, by the way, we need to probably figure that out. He's parked on the street. We probably need to go put some quarters in there. I don't want his, uh, his vehicle to get a ticket while he's in here, <laughs> in here filming. But please welcome with me the real Bradley. Brad Lee. Brad? this is awesome i'm so glad you're here man
0: thanks man appreciate you having me crazy room crazy place
1: it is great so i didn't under i didn't know the rhino connection so tell tell me tell me about the rhino what what is about rhinos that you you tattoo your body with a rhino
0: well i mean have you ever tried to stop one no would you exactly (laughs) i just think that they're unstoppable they've got thick skin you know they focus on something and you got to kill it to stop it so at the end of the day you know I was at a sales seminar a long time ago, maybe 20 years old, and everyone was picking their animal. You know, and everyone was saying, like, you know, Black Panther and Lion and all these, you know, sleek, cool-ass animals. And I just said the rhino. I just got done reading Rhinoceros Success. And so I'm like, dude, I'm a rhino. And I've just stuck with it this whole time.
1: And so you've got rhinos. you got tattoos. you got rhinos in your office. I'm going to have to, next time I watch one of your shows, I'm going to have to look to see if I can see the rhinos on your desk yeah. behind you. I, could probably, I probably just never noticed, but they're back there, aren't they?
0: They're all, they're everywhere. What's funny is I always tell people, tell me how many rhinos are in the room, and I'll give you a thousand cash. And they'll, you know, people see that on the show and they'll come in and count without saying anything, ready for me to say it. Problem is they never hear my answer. When someone gives me a number, I say, there's zero rhinos. There's only images.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> They're statues. They're not rhinos, bro. <laughs> we'll leave it to Brad to be technical on something like that. That's 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 pretty cool. I like that. Well, we are. I know you're a cigar and uh, bourbon guy, and so part of the benefit of, of filming this at the Standard is that the Standard is one of the top five cigar bars in the country, and uh, one of the one of the whiskeys they serve, actually the house whiskey, is uh, Guidance Whiskey, which is actually started by a member here at the Standard, Jason Rigel, who was a who was a former guest on the podcast, but. If you're not watching this on YouTube, everybody needs to go watch, because we're sitting here smoking some Four Kicks uh, cigars, which is a Nashville brand, Crowned Heads, which is a good cigar. So uh, I'm happy to sm- smoke a cigar with you, man. I'm glad you're here. Likewise. So what do you think about Nashville? You've been here for a few days. What's uh, You've been here before, but like, what's your opinion of Nashville? I mean, coming from Vegas, it's a stark difference between Vegas and Nashville. Yeah, I
0: like it. I got to see what the humidity is like, so I figured I'd come down for 10 days and just chill, look for some property, hang out with a few folks, do this. But I like it. I like the vibe.
1: I grew up here. Um, actually lived in lived in East Nashville as a kid, where I learned to ride a bike and play as a kid, and then ended up moving just in the county north of Nashville, and grew up there. But Nashville's home, been here. But, man, the changes, golly, it's just... The cranes you see around the skyline, the buildings. I was actually, I saw a picture of uh, a skyline picture of Nashville over on, for those that are from Nashville know what I said, when I say 265, which doesn't exist anymore, It's now it's just 65, but it was 265, but there was a shot from, from the, I guess that would be the east, no, the west side of 265 towards Nashville. I didn't even recognize it. It didn't even look like Nashville. It took me a split second to go, What's, what is that? I saw a TikTok, or not a I wasn't. Maybe it was a TikTok. Maybe Instagram video, of a party on a on a hotel roof, and I thought, "Well, oh, that looks kind of cool." And then I looked at the background, and it was Nashville. I, like it's so amazing how fast this place is growing. But um, I'm glad you're here in Nashville. I'm glad you like it. You this particular week that you're here, the humidity's pretty low because it's been cool the past couple of days. But uh, still glad you're here. So tell tell me, am I right that your story started as an entrepreneur? Um, like you bridged from sale, selling cars or training salespeople in the car business. Am I ha- Do I have my story right?
0: Yeah, yes, you, you do. When I started Lightspeed, I left the car business to do so. so. But I spent from 17 to 30 selling cars, selling art, RVs, pretty much anything I could sell, mastering the art of sales. And I think like any good salesperson you tend to bounce around uh, which allows you to learn a lot experience a lot but uh, my entrepreneurial journey started about 30 after i stopped the car business
1: and what did you do first as an entrepreneur Lightspeed. that was it yeah it's been a pretty good ride
0: it's been a good ride it's been 20 some years you know It, it coincidentally you listen to a lot of these older gurus and you know they always say you know you want to help other people that's how you get rich that's how you make it you got to help other people and i used to think dude
1: zigzag i need to
0: get paid myself yeah right um so i was always focused on me and then at 30 years old i helped this kid that was in the back good dude good family not much money you could see the you know the i'll say humility in 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 his face and his family's face when they'd come to the dealership and he was just such a cool dude i said let me teach you how to sell and close and make some money so he went from making minimum wage to like 15 grand a month in a couple of months and uh i just watched his whole family cheer up and his life get better and i just got hooked on that so i said i'm going to start a business teaching people how to close teaching people how to make money because i just got hooked on that so accidentally I started helping other people without even realizing that's what I was doing. And coincidentally, that's when, that's when
1: shit started opening up. So you're, you're, I didn't know that. I I mean, I guess I'd heard part of that story, but I didn't realize it came from a mission. You know, like it's a mission for you to really help people that you get, Sure, you're making money from it, but you really seem to want, or at least originally, that was your intent to help people get to a better place. And that, that mission of wanting to do that, helping other people, led you to become a multimillionaire owner at a company that's doing, I don't know what their revenue is, but you guys are absolutely killing it. I mean, that's, that's a lot. There's a lot there that, that intersects with my story, too, about it starts from wanting to help people and teach people how to do things better get the results they really want. Where do you think that comes from for you?
0: I think because I was never taught, you know, nobody really, you know, coached me, or I didn't have very good parenting. My dad was kind of a children should be seen and not heard type of parent. Um, I was kind of left to my own devices, very little parenting, if any. Um, so I think maybe because I was never taught that that I just want to teach, and not not to mention, it's not that difficult. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people think it's difficult to succeed, and, and in reality, it's not. It's, it's much more difficult being broke.
1: <laughs> I think I've heard you say that before. It's like, you, can, you got your choice. Like, it's all gonna hurt. It's all gonna be hard. Yeah. Choose your hard, man. Like, do you wanna be broke, or do you wanna be successful? At the end of the day,
0: that's the bottom line. And quite frankly, anyone can do it. There is nobody on earth that cannot succeed.
1: And why do you think so many people fail?
0: Mindset. Subconscious
1: limitations that have been placed on them
0: for whatever reason.
1: So you didn't start your entrepreneurial journey till 30, which is fairly late. I mean, in in the current culture of entrepreneurialism, it's in vogue now. I mean, there's lots of people that talk about wanting to be entrepreneurs. They're wantrepreneurs. But at 30, you started and you still own that same business. That that doesn't usually happen. So how do do you think you've been able to sustain success for such a long period of time? Is it also mindset or is there something else?
0: Well, I didn't start off successful, so I didn't sustain success. Uh, I built it um, over time. But I think the consistency and almost I was naive you know, I believed everything was going to happen in 90 days. Mm -hmm. So if I talked to you when I started my company, I would have said, bro, I'm going to be a millionaire in 90 days. And then 90 days later, you would have said, how's it going? And I would have said, dude, I'm almost there. Like, give me 90 more days. And I literally said 90 days for 10 years. And people would always make fun of me because every time they asked, I would say, dude, I'm 90 days away from crushing this thing. Like I was always 90 days away. And I think because of that, it was almost like having blinders on, and it just kept me going. If someone would have told me, dude, this is going to be 15 years before you actually get anywhere, I probably wouldn't have continued. I would have said, oh, screw that. (laughs) Being naive, honestly believing it was around the corner. It was this far away for the last... 15 years you know 90 days I can last 90 days I've been drunk longer than that so it's like I just kept going and kept going and and, you know this was before the internet really came out and I was and I was selling basically online interactive training and I started out with my own training I was going to go be the trainer be the Tony Robbins you know the big name trainer um but i kept running into people that already use this person and this person and there was it was very difficult to sell them off of their hero um and in the car business there was a guy named joe verdi a guy named grant cardone a guy named uh uh, tom stuker and these guys had a firm you know grip on their audience so when i went in there i'm like i'm better than all of them you know give me a chance you know I i tried closing them and they're like you know well Come back when you got a bigger name, come back some other day, yada, yada. So I felt this little, you know, ceiling. So I just thought to myself, listen, I can try and compete with these guys or I can collaborate with these guys. So I started stopping selling the car dealers and I just started selling the closers, right? The people doing the training. And I said, look, you're running around training people live and that doesn't work. See, live training, what people don't understand about training is this. And I discovered this when I switched and started the company, and then I developed Lightspeed to solve it. But in order to train people properly properly and effectively, you need four key ingredients. Without these ingredients, you're not really training people. You're kind of exposing them to information, and that's different. I don't know about Nevada or Tennessee, but in Nevada, exposure can get you arrested. So you don't want to just expose people to information. So those four ingredients, which are good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. Those are the four things you have to have in your training in order to make it effective. Uh, these guys didn't have it either. See, when I, was, when I started my company to train people, I, I went out there to train them live, just like everyone else was doing, just the traditional training methods. And this was in 2000. So the internet barely was out. I'm running around trying to get this effect that I realized I had the ability to do working at a company, training the sales team. And I could just grab someone out of Burger King, turn them into a salesperson, grab that kid from the back of the car lot, turn them into a salesperson, a badass closer, making good money, like one of the top people. I was taking kick-ass salespeople, making them kick-ass managers. So, I mean, I had the ability to train and develop people. It was crazy. And so that's why I quit my job. And I said, man, I'm gonna go do this for a living and help people that way. So as soon as I quit, I couldn't get the the results anymore. It was the craziest thing. I'm like, what the frick is going on? <laughs> and so I just looked at what I used to do versus what I'm doing today. and And I realized those four key ingredients. See, I was going in there and saying everything I used to say, but I wasn't saying it enough. I wasn't holding them accountable. I wasn't practicing with them and role-playing with them. And I realized that I can't really do that for other companies that are, that are hiring me to come in for a day. So I developed the Lightspeed technology to deliver my training, which is the good content with repetition practice and accountability. Cause it was tracking everything. And th- that kind of blew up to a, to a certain level. And then I couldn't get past the big names. So that's when I said, screw it, I'll go sell the big names. And so I went and closed all the people that were teaching you to close. I like to say, I'm the guy that closes the guy that teaches you to close. So I went and closed all these people to use my technology. I said, I'll take my content and my name off, put your name on, and and I'll even tell you where people want your your services. Because I had already talked to them, and they said, yeah, well, if you had this guy, I'd do it. So I gave them a list of names and helped them close a few deals and just became partners with them and that's really when it
1: started blowing up. So it took you 90 days repeatedly, over and over and over again. Was there a moment, <clears throat> this has been my experience and a lot of people that, that are, have the similar entrepreneurial journey, they'll say, there was a moment when you kind of woke up, like you'd been working and hustling so hard for so long that you woke up and you realize, well, wow, I'm, I'm a millionaire. Like I built something it because it, it, you don't just you don't just become a millionaire like in a moment and you realize it. It, did it. Did it take a while for you to realize, wow, this is actually working. I know I know you had to go through those 90 days, just 90 days, just 90 days. But it probably you didn't know when it happened. You looked back and saw it. Is that right? Was that your story?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it happens slowly. But I think personally, we're all millionaires. The question is, from what? like we have millions of dollars or millions of excuses. You know, but <laughs> you can't have both. Oh, that's So you got to pick one.
1: So if I had the bomb noise that you use on your I would have I would have I would have dropped, dropped it right there. So his your show's dropping bombs and you that that's what you do. So uh so when did you start dropping bombs? How long ago did you start recording that podcast?
0: Maybe like a couple of years? Maybe year and a half? Yeah. I just had all these big wigs coming in and out of my my facilities cuz I've beautiful offices in Las Vegas overlooking the city on this lake. And I built all these kick-ass studios to come film content, interactive content. So I had Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone and Tom Hopkins and all these people coming in and out to film their content. And I thought, man, see, my mission in life is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it or want it. Because I think people fail because they don't have the right information. Bottom line, nobody wants to fail. Yeah. You know, they just don't know how to win. So I'm like, dude, if I want to live in a world that's more successful, then I need to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. And so that's, and, and I had the technology to do it. So that's really what, what I started my mission as. And I thought to myself, you know, all these people coming in here and I'm just letting them walk in and walk out. Why don't I get a couple microphones <laughs> and just have them sit down and start talking to them? And so that's what i did i got a couple microphones and then nobody was scheduled for like two months to come in there (laughs) and and so i just grabbed one of my employees and we just started talking and then i just grabbed someone else and we just started talking and i just started uploading them and people are like oh dude that's funny oh man that man i learned so much and so it started to get popular and then the next thing you know it was in the top you know 100 in the country and then Course everybody started calling saying, Hey, how do I get on your podcast? (laughs)
1: That's funny how that attraction. Yeah, I get people that
0: offer money to be on it. Like people literally call me and say, How much to get on your podcast? One time I was just messing around. I said ten grand. They said, Where do I send the money?
1: (laughs) I won't ask you if you told them the routing number. (laughs) I, I gave them a routing number and
0: they paid. And I'm like, damn, dude, I can sell episodes. So I don't sell I don't sell episodes. I have and I might. So if you're watching, you're listening, you really want to be on <laughs> Drop Bombs, you know, hey, I'm open to offers. But but uh, you still have to be interesting, and I think you still have to have something to say. Like, in other words, I'm not going to sell out my audience and make them listen to some dipshit for, for an hour.
1: <laughs> because, because he's got money. Because they paid me. Yeah.
0: But if you've got a story, and you got 10 Gs, <laughs> as it's actually went up since then, but... Um,
1: we can edit that out. Hundred. it's a hundred, right? Yeah.
0: Now. Well, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's it's it, there is no price because you can't pay to be on it. But catch me at the right time, make me the right offer. Shit, I'll put you on it. I know the owner.
1: <laughs> well, this is where I want to take a moment to tell because I mentioned this in the intro about the influence that you you had on me and my personal brand so personal branding is a is a weird thing i think that the world is just not kind of waking up to I don't, I don't think there's been there's a few big personal brand people out there you know the grant cardone probably the number one that people know of. he's been on uh, undercover billionaire he's 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 he's, he's mm-hmm. done that in ways that i think a lot of people aspire to do he's done a great job i think you're doing doing a great job at it as well um Tony Robbins, I think it was pre personal branding as a concept, and therefore didn't really brand himself as much. But nevertheless,
0: what did he brand?
1: It's more of his business mastery, (laughs) unleash the power, the 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 concepts that he teaches in his amazing seminars. But from a personal brand standpoint, so when I got on Instagram, um, there's lots of Jason Duncans, right? There's tons of Jason Duncans, and uh, Jason Duncan was already taken by someone I don't even know who it is. Jason Duncan, I bet. It's somebody named Jason Duncan. There's a whole funny story I'm gonna tell about that. But so when I was looking at what what's my Instagram handle gonna be, well, I had just recently met you. So it was, it was within six months and started following you and you were the the real Brad Lee. And I thought, okay, I'm just gonna put the real in front because it, it wasn't about you as much as it was, okay, that was a clever way to do it, because I'm sure there's probably tons of Brad Lee's right there right there. So um, so I did that and it wasn't even a personal brand play it was just an instagram handle but then i started looking at buying jasonduncan.com and some uh, some low level musician in texas had the had the thing and i, I certainly am not i'm not saying he's low level as in not good just nobody knows who he is right and so i reached out to him and i said hey man i want to buy your i want to buy your domain no not for sale his domain pointed to an empty myspace page this is the truth so i I'm like but you're not using it man i'll give you 500 bucks i'll give you a 1000 what do you what do you want 50 grand. I said, you're crazy, man. So I hung up, didn't think about it for a couple of years. Well, in the meantime, a, per, a personal branding coach reached out to me and said, hey, I want to do a free coaching session with you on your brand. I'm like, okay. So she talked to me and she was, she was fantastic. And She said, your brand, she kind of concluded your brand is the real Jason Doc. That's what you need to be. Just make a logo that needs to be your thing. Get, get the domain. That's your thing. I'm like, Okay. So that actually, your are Instagram handle turned me into as a personal brand the real Jason Duncan, but the story continues and I think this is hilarious So I gotta we uh, with my web developer. We were looking at hey go go back out there now And see if jasonduncan.com happens to be available and Matt who's off-camera. Here's my apprentice He was sitting there with me <coughs> when we were looking at this and uh, jasonduncan.com said when you go to it, it said this domain is available I thought, oh, Great, so i I don't need it, but I'll ha- I want it, right? So we go to buy it. Well, Google Brokers, they were managing it. they reached out to me and said, okay, yeah, Mr. I tried not to tell them my name, but they figured out who I was. <laughs> they, said, they said, yeah, the the, uh, the uh, domain is $150,000. And I just laughed. I said, D- like, who, who's gonna pay that? Well, somebody famous will pay for it. I said, do you realize I'm the most famous Jason Duncan there is, and I'm nobody. Like nobody's gonna pay $150,000. My offer stands. I give him a thousand bucks if he wants it. Of course, it never went anywhere. But you had an influence on me with the personal brand, just because of your Instagram handle, and the thing that you said about me being more memorable. Just in our first conversation on the phone, I took it to heart, man. So I'm trying to be more memorable where I go. I don't know. I don't know how it's working, but hopefully, you'll remember this this rhino ring right? now I will sure, <laughs> for sure
0: yeah this is definitely memorable
1: so one of the things that I, I do on the show Brad is a um, this is the root of all success and so I want to study how you became successful and success is defined in so many different ways so I want to ask you what's your definition of success
0: you know that's a great question I think everyone that tries to define it in general ends up talking about money and all this other things but When people ask me what's the key to success, I always say that there's not really a key. It's more of a combination, and everybody has their own. Because, like I have a friend, he thinks getting late every night is successful. I don't. I think that's dangerous, personally. (laughs) Um, so, So is that successful? Well, it depends on who you ask. So I think the definition of success changes with the individual. And, uh, you know, my definition of success is the ability to give, you know, unlimited without sacrificing myself. In other words, like, you know, I like to sound like an angel, like, oh, I want to give, give, give. But I want enough to give without sacrificing myself. So I literally want so much, giving is nothing.
1: Are you successful with that definition?
0: Well, that would be a good question, and the answer would be no. Really? Yeah, no. And so I might change the definition now that you said that. <laughs> yeah, because because I think I'm successful compared to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm successful compared to a lot of other people in certain areas, but I don't think I'm successful to where I want to be. So... I would say, no, I'm not successful yet.
1: Well, for the listeners, that that would be a surprising comment for those that know you right they would know those that know you I think probably would agree with me and look at you and say okay dropping bombs a great show which fun by the way you mentioned that it was the show was funny on Spotify it's actually this is a business and comedy it's in two sections I don't know if you did that on purpose no but that's what it's listed as because on my Spotify account it says dropping bombs business and then the second category is comedy which I thought was hilarious for a lot of reasons but I, I didn't know if you knew that or not. I, I didn't, <laughs> but it, that's how you're listening, Spotify. Cool. Maybe they did it. But but I think that people who know you would look at you and go, "Wait a minute, dropping bombs, Lightspeed speed VT, uh, public speaking engagements," and you you show up. I, I met you at a retreat here. I guess it wasn't a retreat; it was just a get together here in Nashville. You you came to. We had a get together with another coach here locally, and that's where I first became aware of you. And you did, you've done I think tours of retreats with Coach Michael Burt. Um, I think people would be surprised if you say that you don't think you're successful. Um, but I think I think that I would I would tell you to think about it this way. Success, dictionary definition, is the achieving of the results you hoped for. Like, what did you want to accomplish? So when you yeah. started Lightspeed, I want to help people. I want to make them awesome. I want to I want to make them close more. If they're if they're a great salesperson, I want to make them an amazing salesperson. If they're a great, amazing salesperson. I want to make them amazing managers. You did that. You've done that for countless, I don't know how many people. I don't know if you keep up with metrics of how many people have gone through the system, but that was your goal. You achieved it by dictionary definition of success. No. You're definitely successful. No. No? Why not? What's the definition again? Achieve the results you hope for. Yeah. I haven't yet. So what's the result that hasn't happened?
0: I want to change I want to make the world a more successful place I mean technically yes I have but again I mean who's 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 the judge right yeah if if it just depends on who's judging right you know I I don't believe I've accomplished everything I'm capable of accomplishing therefore I don't believe I'm the success do I believe I'm successful well sure you know, I make good money. I'm in the top 1%. I inspire people to do things. I've changed people's lives on a regular basis according to them, which blows my mind sometimes. Um, you know, I've helped a lot of people make a lot of money and, and live better lives, become better human beings, become better fathers, better husbands, uh, better wives. You know, I've helped people become better people. So in that, yeah, I'm successful. However, my goal was to, was to impact the world which you know until i don't know if i'll ever consider myself successful by the definition of the dictionary because i i just know that i'm capable of so much more
1: yeah I, I i appreciate the humility in that segment and i think that the listeners would appreciate that as well because what's funny about this 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 podcast when i've been blessed to be able to do and recording some 30 episodes so far and i know we're just at the beginning but what I'm loving about this is I'm sitting across from people. Every person I interview, I consider successful on some level. Maybe different definitions than you, but I consider successful on some level. And most of the guests have eclipsed me in what I consider successful with many, multiple times over, as you, as have you. From from an impact standpoint, from a monetary standpoint, those things you've eclipsed me in that. But what I find interesting about it is just like what you did. Like you, you're a pretty out there, bold dude that says what's on your mind. Yet in this moment, you're like. I don't know if I consider myself successful, because it's coming from a true place of humility. And I can sense that in you. And I think that listeners can hear that in you. But that's the same story of everybody sat across the couch from me. It's they're all like, some people go, yes, I'm successful in a moment. And then they'll backpedal a little bit. Yeah, but there's more. There's more to success grows. Entrepreneurs never reach the end.
0: Well, here's something that'll blow your mind. I don't think I'm humble at all.
1: Well, if you did, you wouldn't be. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well look up the definition of humble all
1: right lay on me
0: basically it's it's a, a low opinion of oneself and I do not have a low opinion of myself yeah no I do not I do not think okay. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm of a low
1: importance
0: yeah yeah I think I'm the most important person walking
1: <laughs> the honesty is amazing well, only because, bro,
0: you got to be a fan of yourself, yeah. right? And there's so many people out there that think, in my mind, incorrectly. Like, for example, if I just sat here and said, man, I'm the coolest thing ever, everybody would be like, oh my God, he's so conceited, that guy's a freaking jerk. What do you want me to do, hate myself? You want me to think of myself as unimportant and, and a loser and a failure? And, and just like have no confidence whatsoever. Is that what you're looking for? Because that's what people will praise. Like if I came in here and I said, oh, you know, I'm not very good at anything. People would be like, come on, man. You're good at a lot of things. <laughs> like they'll, they'll start patting you on the back. Like that's okay to be like that. But as soon as you actually believe in yourself, people don't like that. Yeah. Well, I believe you can't make everybody happy. That's a fact. Sure. So you have to pick you're going to make happy. So if you make these people happy, then they're unhappy. And if you make them happy, then they're unhappy. And it's like this, it's this catch 22. So guess what? Just make yourself happy, which puts the importance on you. You're the most important person in your life without you. Okay. The rest are without you. Okay. So you have to be the most important person to yourself. That's why they say, put the mask on first so you can help other people. I'm trying to fill up my own cup. So I can fill up other people's cup. See, most people, when the cup overfloweth, they just go get more cups, right? Hey, man, this is working out great. Let me go go get some that's more cups. Certain, that's good. You know, I'm trying to get my cup to overflow, so I can just sit there and fill up all the other cups. Now, I got a big cup, <laughs> so it takes a minute. But once that sucker overflows, man, you definitely want to know who I am and be my friend, because good people uh, uh, would would would.
1: Be, would benefit from knowing me. You know, the thing that I joke with people a lot, and I say this a lot, is like you know, a lot of times you'll have a, an interaction where somebody will go, somebody'll say, So you think you're better than me? And and what do most people they're like, no, 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 that's not what I said. The only honest answer to that question is yes.
0: Well better is a different word. I'm not saying I'm better than other well, people.
1: But but still I'm though. more important. <laughs> or more okay touche so do you think you're more important than me the only honest answer to that is always yes everybody thinks that no matter whoever's listening the guy's no but in his that's car the right problem
0: now, jason they don't but it's true it well it should be true but the problem is is they don't think that there are people that when i walk in a room they will say like oh geez you know i'm i'm nothing compared to you and it's like dude you can't think like that no. you can't think like that then you come off as fanboy right which again i've had people roll up and i'm thinking man this dude's cool who is this dude man he's got style he's got swag then he walks up fanboys out and it's like he's putting himself down and you know i'm way more important than this guy and and, and he's you know bowing down and like again people believe that's called humility i think that's stupidity like you have to step into the to the room like you own it you know there's no room in this country that i don't belong I believe I'm not going to walk into a room full of movie stars, a room full of athletes, a room full of billionaires, and act like I don't belong there. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to walk around and be a dick and be arrogant and and not listen and not appreciate who I'm around and and admire the accomplishments of these people. But I'm also not going to think I don't belong here. I, I don't deserve to be in this room. What have I done? You have to have that confidence within yourself to where... Because, again, I didn't say I'm better than other people. There's a lot of people better than me at a lot of things. But there's nobody more important than me, to me. You should be more important to you than me. Right. Would you agree? Uh, 100%. But if you go around saying that to people, watch the glares that you get. Watch the people start saying, Jason, you should humble yourself. Jason, who do you think you are? And I always think to myself, what do they want me to think? that I'm of no importance. So if you, if you look up the definition of humble, it says a low opinion of one's own importance. And I just don't agree with it.
1: Huh, that's an interesting perspective. I, and I, I agree with you, I agree with you. I think that, but I, I think the biggest point that you made there that I would want the listeners to key in on is that you cannot be successful no matter how you define it without confidence. There's not a successful person on, on the planet who's not confident. Confidence can be displayed in many different ways. Some people see it as arrogance, conce- being conceited, self-centered, but confidence is a key to success. I think that you have illustrated that in that story. O- Osho, I-, I, forget, I think that's how you say his name, O-S-H-O, said the greatest fear to conquer as man is the opinion that others have of you. And I'm sort of butchered the I've quote. I've conquered it. Quote. Like, and that, when you conquer it, you become a lion, is what he said, not a sheep or a rhino or a rhino so you would say i become a rhino because what who's gonna who's gonna stop the rhino i love that then i've then i've won (laughs) if that's the facts then i've won because dude
0: i don't really care i mean i do care what people think i just i don't care more about what you think than i think in other words if you thought i was a dick i care less if i thought i was a dick you were yeah so at the end of the day man i like that osho guy yeah who well, is that?
1: I know I, you know, I, I actually I did a video on that this morning, and I can't I, I can't I think maybe he's a um, I, I'm gonna if I say anything it'll be wrong, but I but he's like a, a sage guru That was one of his famous quotes was that the greatest fear that a man would have to overcome is the opinion of other people mm. And uh, I did a video on that this morning on my weekly wisdom videos and I did one I actually kind of coupled that with proverb twenty nine twenty five that says the fear of a, of a man is a snare. And so, like Pro, Proverbs, King Solomon was one of the wisest men ever to live, and he said, the fear of other men is a snare. Like that, it's gonna trap you. If you're scared of other people, scared of what people think. And that's what one of my coaches is working with me on right now. It's like, hey, Jason, when you do your content, you do your videos, you do your podcasts, you've got to get over what you think other people are gonna think. And I'm still struggling with that, honestly. It is a struggle for me. But getting around people like you helps lift me out of that. Hiring a coach helps lift me out of that. So I appreciate your encouragement in that area. Well, just remember this you can't
0: make everyone happy. That's that's every time I start to feel a little bit like and I start sliding on that. I just remember you can't make everyone happy, bro. So you might as well make yourself happy.
1: So what's the next step for Brad Lee and Lightspeed VT? Are you gonna run it till you die? Like what's nope. what's the deal?
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna run it until I can get a billion dollars for it. All right. How close are
1: you? Three to five years. 90 days again and again. Well, believe it or not, <laughs> in 90
0: days, there's a massive, there's some major shit going on. Where in 90 days, I'll be much closer. But I, I give myself three to five years so there's a little leeway there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, three to five years. How old are you? 52 52 you don't look 52 you look good for 50 well, thank you thank you thank you for being here and looking good as you gives me hope i'm 46 so we're not too far apart but at 52 so you're thinking by 56 ish 57 brad lee is a billionaire sold the company for a billion i may not dollars. be a
0: billionaire because i got a partner in that company that i'm gonna have to split up some money with but and you got to pay taxes but I don't need to be worth a billion dollars. I just need to sell a company for a billion dollars.
1: Yeah. Who can say that? Not many people.
0: Well, not only that. I mean, it's just like millions nowadays are fairly
1: common. Mm. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. Like, you know, someone's a millionaire. I'm like, cool. You know, I think a billionaire is the new millionaire. But, But more importantly, I was always told growing up that I wouldn't amount to shit. I'd end up in jail. All these, you know, things we all hear growing up and, you know, I think one of my motivation points, you know, one of the things that drives me is I want to basically flip everybody off. I want to go back to all those people, if they're still
1: alive, go back to all those people and be like, now what, bitch? So you, you actually, I was listening to one of your podcasts on the drive down. And you were talking about, <clears throat> you were talking about that with that guest about, the, the, the One of the great motivators in your life as an entrepreneur and of your guest on that particular show was other people's opinions about how you are not going to make it. So this kind of, it's funny, the theme of the show kind of seems to be going back to the opinions of other people, where how you what you think of them. But, but what these other people who said you weren't going to make it, negative opinion of you, actually prodded you to do great things. So their opinion didn't matter, even though you didn't like their opinion. Well, it, it, the opinion didn't matter, but it was useful. A motivator. That's a that's a that's another bomb. If we had the bomb noise, opinion didn't matter, but it's useful.
0: Yeah, like I use the hate and the
1: and the and the
0: doubt as fuel to keep pushing, to keep going. All
1: right, who's to, who's, to outdo myself? Who's the biggest hater? You want to name them that that you're going to go back and say, now what do you think?
0: Um. You know, I'd have to think because it's been so long, you know, I don't get much hate anymore. You know, now nowadays, you know, I just get a lot of love, actually. And that's another thing people got to worry about. You know, don't believe the hate and don't believe the hype. Yeah. Don't get too sure of yourself either. Like, you always have to have that little tiny, you know, almost like, you know, space that, that, that it, there's like a fine line because if you start to get to you know hey I'm the coolest dude walk in and next thing you know you slide or you get you know cracked somehow but but there's a handful of people from my childhood there's a you know a lot of family members um a lot of friends a lot of people that that you know graduated like when I dropped out of school everyone said I was going to be a loser and I wasn't going to go anywhere you know, now some of those people are working for me. I always tell people, you know, I dropped out of high school, but I have two PhDs, four MBAs, and 16 associate degrees, a couple of bachelors. They're like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I just hired them.
1: <laughs> I knew that's where you're going to. You're I love like, it. You don't need a degree if you can hire one. Like, what do you need a degree for? So I, I've got, a, uh, I, I've got a funny story about that. I got, a, I got a bachelor's degree in ministry. I spent the first 13 years of my career in ministry and, and sales, and which is where I learned to sell. And ministry then, is sales. Sometimes. Uh, it is. It is. And then uh, I went back and got a master's in education, taught school for a few years, and was an unemployed school teacher when I started what it turned out to be my first big company, million dollar company. But I uh, started working on my Ph.D. about uh, five years ago because I kind of wanted, I just thought, I want to do that. And I started. I got accepted to the school. Started working on my PhD, and actually learned some really cool stuff. And it's actually one of the things I learned in my PhD program is a central tenet of the things I coach people on today: margin theory. But uh, but I was when I was in the middle of that, and I was taking a test on on um, st- statistics. Oh my gosh, it was it was rough. It was so bad. I failed it the first time.
0: Well, you know, seventy two percent of statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs>
1: And I now know that, and I know how they make it up with Excel. But, uh, but my wife, she came to me and she said, we've been married 26 years, she's my best friend, we've known each other since 15 16, met on a blind date. She's, she's the best person in my life. She said, why are you doing this? And I, said, I gave her, the, exa- I gave her the, the thing I just told you. I just want to do it. I think it would be cool. Not that I care. It's, That's a good reason. Like, I just want to do it. But she said... And this is, this, is she, this is the thing she said and this is what I was I was not coaching full-time I was actually still running my company full-time as CEO and uh, she said are you gonna make any more money because of this like it, Like what is it? And I went No, I, I won't and that I think that comment changed it and I wasn't doing it for the money But when she put it in those perspectives, like why would you go through this? Like what what's the outcome of this PhD? I thought, okay, I'm a pretty successful entrepreneur. I haven't achieved what I want to, to achieve yet. Is the PhD going to help me get there? And I, I just dropped out. I quit. I mean, I finished the semester, so I didn't quit in the middle. But I, but I learned some cool stuff. But now I don't have any PhDs working for me, but I have a lot of you master's could. degrees. Yeah, for sure. I got people that have the degrees, and they do, what I, they do what I do. But the coolest thing that I got to do, and this is why I'm asking you the question, what's the next step for Lightspeed? is that part of my central message is exit without exiting. Because that's what I was able to do. Like, I've, I, I set up my company in a way that I could finally walk away. And I I, have, I attend one meeting a month, and most of the time I don't even say anything, I just attend, and it's a team meeting, we have lunch and that whole thing. And uh, I still get all the tax benefits, I still own the company, I still get paid, and I'm able to do what I truly want to do, which God created me to be a teacher, and a coach, and a motivator. And that's what I'm doing with the show and what I do with my coaching. So what is it that you want to do? Like, do you, are you, have you thought about this whole, could you exit light speed that still maintain a hundred percent of that income, the tax benefit and ride it into the not sunset? Yet.
0: No, I need, I need a few more processes. Well, if you need a coach, I know a guy. <laughs> well, I might need you, I might need you. I'm not very good with, uh, with systems and processes. I'm more of a gunslinger, you know, I'll get shit done, but you know, I don't know necessarily how I get shit done. when. That's what's important when you're running a business is not to be the one getting it done. Otherwise, you built yourself a job. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a business, you have to put in the systems and processes to where it can it can operate without you. Yeah,
1: A lot uh, of entrepreneurs get stuck in that, don't they? They, get, they don't build the exit when they build the, the, the business, and they end up in a dungeon that they get tortured in every day.
0: So where'd you go to school for ministry?
1: Um, I went to Southern Christian University in Montgomery, Alabama. It's now called Amridge University. So
0: you ever hear my discussion on this
1: Tom? yeah we actually when you and i had that phone call a few weeks ago to prep for the show you had just done a podcast with another guest and you got to talking about that and then you and i had a brief discussion about about this so yes we did talk a little bit about it what's on your mind well it's just you know
0: <laughs> when you say when you say god you know that that word is number one a title from a pagan word mm-hmm and when you read scripture it says my children will know my name Mm -hmm. and he wants us to use his name and sing praise to his name and call upon his name but yet nobody uses it (laughs) i don't understand why is that like if i were if i were god and i said hey listen use my name tell people my name call upon my name sing praise to my name would you call me mister Would no. you tell everybody, Mr. No. told you? Mr. helped you? Nope. So, Mr. is a title. God is a title. Why wouldn't you use his name? Do you even know his name? Yeah. Because his children will know it. That's right. What's his
1: name? Well, Yahweh, Elohim, That's right. I well, am. That's not,
0: not Elohim. That, that,
1: that is not his name. Okay. There's only, he only has one name. Well, he was called by many names. I didn't
0: say what he was called. Yahweh. What's his name? Well,
1: he said, I am. That's his name. He said, Moses said, Who shall I say sent me? You say, I am sent you. Yeah, but if you look at the scripture, the original scripture, mm-hmm. he
0: said, tell him Yahweh sent Yahweh. you.
1: Yeah, well, I agree. We were that was his name.
0: They removed his name. You, you do some research, you'll freak out. Yeah. Now, a lot of people think, you know, Oh, Brad, you're saying he doesn't exist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, let's not complicate things. People like Elohim, that's not his name. Was he called that? Yes, he was. He's also called God. Doesn't make it his name. Yeah. I'm called Mr. Lee. That's not necessarily my name. That's a title. Yeah. My name is Brad, right? Now, if someone said Blad and they were trying to say Brad, that's mispronouncing my name, but you're still at least trying to use my name. <laughs> that's know? right. But I think you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, you're one of those guys. It doesn't matter what his name is. Well, then why would he say it so important? Yeah. Why would he instruct us to use it? Why would he say my children will know it? And then when I ask people that claim to be, you know, faith-based, a lot of them they don't even know his name. Yep. So anyway, not where you,
1: so. Where does that come from? Like, were you raised in a uh, a, a Yahweh-following family? Like, no, what, what, not at all. So what? So where did that where did that interest? Because you've mentioned that on one of your podcasts. You and I talked about it in our first talk. Now we're talking about it on my show. So where? What the that scripture
0: that says, "My children no, will I, know I, my name." Yeah,
1: I get that, but like, why is it interesting to you? Where did that spark? Oh, I want This is an interesting point for me to talk about.
0: Because I like to believe I'm one of His children. Yeah. And when it says, "My children will know my name," I thought, "Shit, I what, better, what's I, better his name? I better figure it out because <laughs> I don't know it." You know, His name's not God. That's right. That so, is
1: who. That is what He is. If yeah. you Put it. So, yeah. so
0: I thought, well, I better know it then. Yeah. You know, it's just like if I was throwing a party. And I said, hey buddy, show up, just tell them you know me, and they'll let you in. So you show up and you say, yeah, I'm here for the party. And they're like, "Uh, who invited you? And you say, Barney. They're gonna say, who? Barney. Well, that's not my name. So why don't you just use my name? Well, what if someone convinced you between the time I told you my name and 2,000 years later that my name was something else? Are you, are you in trouble? No, not necessarily, but yeah. at the end of the day, my real friends, they know my name. My real friends will know my name. That's right. No one that really knows me will tell you my name's Barney. <laughs> so I just I just ask people, you know, if you believe in any of it, you have to believe in all of it, right? Yep. Okay, well, just go look at the scripture that says, my children will know my name. And then ask yourself, do you know his name? Because if you don't know his name, well then... And you believe? Well, then you must not be one of his children. Interesting. Because if you were, according to him, you would know it. So, so what do
1: most people say to that? Like when like they I say God, it.
0: or they say Jesus, which is funny because that's the son, and Jesus wasn't his name either. Yeah. That's not his name. Yeah. His name was Yeshua. That's what that's what his name was. Yeah. And they say, well, when you translate, no, 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 it's not translation. Otherwise, you wouldn't see Joshua in the Bible because Yeshua translates to Joshua. Right. And there is Joshua in the Bible, and there's Jesus. So how did both have the exact same name, one turn out Jesus, one turn out Joshua? Yeah. How did that happen? And it also says in the Scripture that Satan will deceive the whole world. Mm-hmm. Well, we're part of that, right? So perhaps maybe... Satan got us to say a name that wasn't his. I don't know. What is it? What I, is it? And by the way, just for the record, I don't know. And, that's, and I don't want anybody, I just want you to seek. Because, again, if you read scripture, it says, seek and ye shall find. Most people are not They're not seeking. They they're just saying, it. okay. They listen to the priest. They listen to the pastor. They listen to their parents. They listen to somebody else. And, and you hear the story and you're like, oh, okay. And, and that's not seeking. That's listening. That's agreeing. That's following seek man seek look you'll find them if you look yep. but if you don't look and someone just tells you his name's God so you just keep saying praise God he doesn't say say that he says praise his name call upon his name and what's crazy is imagine if you're praying to God using the name God and you're not that's not even the right name that'd be like me saying hey if you come to Vegas I'll give you anything you need just call this number and you write it down wrong and you show up and you, <laughs> and, you and you call the number and, and I don't answer, what would you think about me? If you really believed that was the right number and you called it and you were in need of help and I didn't come, you'd question me, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what the old dirty dog
1: Satan's doing. He is the great deceiver. That's right. He's the father of lies, the prince of the world. He's in control right now. That's, That's what's right. going on in this world is nuts. We've just experienced the nuttiest nuttiness we've ever in our, I can't imagine there's another nutty place, a nutty time in history than what we've experienced and the lies that have been spewed. It's, well, it's, 100 it's crazy. A hundred years from
0: now, they'll be talking about this, period. Oh, my
1: gosh, yeah.
0: It's crazy. Did it affect you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to go through it without being affected, you know, speaking of the pandemic. But but from a business perspective, just from truly business, yeah, it affected my, my main company significantly. In because, a bad way? Yeah, fear, man, fear. But, See, um, it affected mine in a good way. Yeah, people could train at home.
0: Nobody's <laughs> ever got COVID from Lightspeed. That's right.
1: Yeah, well you and zoom and everybody else that was in that space where you could do things online I mean zooms the new thing like most I say most I do all of my shows live like this I want well We don't we don't publish it live But we record live face-to-face and I've got people that that need to do it by zoom and that's fine And I've done several by zoom
0: only if they're famous is my rule <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I'm I appreciate you as famous as you are being right here in front of me because zoom like it's great, but dude, if you could get in there the energy you and I have right now would never be accomplished looking, looking across each other on a screen. like this is fantastic. but in the pandemic, you were well positioned to accelerate like never before. I, Coincidence? do you want to share do you want to share with listeners a little bit about the uh, revenue of lightspeed and how that how it was affected? Like is that part of the things? You, if it's not public, you don't have to share, but is there anything about well, that
0: Well revenue increased. Because everybody obviously still had to train and communicate with people. Yeah. They just couldn't do it in person. You know, a lot of these workers worked from home. Well, how do you lead people from home? Someone had to learn that. Mm -hmm. How do you learn if you can't get together? You know, and Zoom is not learning. No. Okay, Zoom is exposing. Like, I can get a bunch of people on a Zoom and talk for hours, but I don't know who's listening. I, I can't test everybody. I can't role play with them. So Zoom is not a learning platform; it's a communication platform. Exactly, So it's a tool, yeah. to, to learn, you have to have good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. And fortunately, that's what the technology was designed for. And when the, the, the pandemic cracked, people still needed to learn. So they started, you know, looking for a resource, and you know, a lot of times found us. Yeah,
1: Lightspeedvt.com. I want to remind everybody to go check that out because it's an amazing platform. And you started it primarily to do uh, training, like you're talking about training salespeople through repetition and quizzes and and continuing to keep them in front of the content. Right. But But when did you, or did it, was it originally like this or did it morph into, I'm also gonna let people with content who want to just push content out to public where they charge people to take, you know, like I've got an online university. So when did that become part of Lightspeed's platform?
0: that's the time when I kind of decided to go close the experts instead of the businesses Mm -hmm. because I was selling the businesses, my content. I wasn't selling a platform. Mm -hmm. I was selling training, my content. And, you know, I hit a little bit of a ceiling. And so I said, well, let me go close the people that can close these businesses. So that's when I said, I'll take my name off. I'll put your content in there and you go sell it and I'll just take a little piece for my niece just a little tad for brad <laughs> just a little sliver to deliver and so that's really when it started you know blowing up because you know I was collaborating as opposed to competing i think when you compete you're just trying to take from others yeah you know if if there's so much business in the world and I'm going to compete with you I'm going to go take your business but if i collaborate with you and we create new and 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 introduce new things and you have an abundant mindset well then i believe the the universe rewards you in in ways you can't describe i think when you introduce new and 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 increase that's when you get more
1: and increase you, you talked early in our our discussion here about you you thought you you had a really interesting point you said that there aren't keys to success necessarily it's more of a combination and uh, I love that analogy uh, that notwithstanding one of the things that I talk about on this show are the five keys of success and they could be seen as a combination so I don't want to I don't want to say that your combination thing was not right because I like it but the five keys that I've seen consistently for every entrepreneur who sat across from me and this on the show and you know not on the show like just having a cigar and a bourbon somewhere else um there's five things that have always showed up every single time without fail and the first that always shows up is passion and passion um i think a lot of people would immediately go yeah passion is a key you got to have passion or you're not going to succeed but there's two sides to passion there's there's a the side of the emotional passion where i i enjoy it like you enjoy training people, you enjoy watching people succeed. And I can I see that and sense that passion, you wouldn't have succeeded without it. But it's the other side of passion I think is the really the bigger key. Passion actually means willing to suffer. So the passion of Christ that we talk about in the scripture about when when Jesus or Yeshua went to the cross that last week, this, the, the Passion of the Christ, the movie that Mel Gibson did, we call it that, not because he was excited to do it, but because he was willing to endure there was a cause on the backside of it, and I found that every entrepreneur who's successful had that passion. They were willing to endure. And I think about your story: just ninety more days, just ninety more days, just ninety more days. Is is that? Do you agree with that as part of the key to success for you and, and anybody else, for that matter? Yeah, the way you describe it, sure. Yeah, because you have to,
0: you know, you have to have consistency. You know, you you you, you need to continue when most people quit. You know. Some people have started a business, and after a year and a half, it wasn't going very well, so they quit. Well, they don't realize in another year and a half, if they just would have endured, mm-hmm. they probably could have then made it. And there's so many stories like that. Success leaves clues. You know, Like action causes like result. You know, It's not rocket science. People make it way more difficult than it is. Yeah. If you see somebody that you admire and you want to get what they have, do what they did. And when you ask them, well, what did you do? You know, well, I spent 20 years building this company. Well, then you need to spend 20 years. Now, you might be able to accelerate that by getting good counsel and learning from yeah. their mistakes. You know, What would you do differently you know, and, and, and take those routes so you can get there quicker? But to think you know, there's some mystery and, and everybody's chosen to be successful... Isn't I don't agree. Yeah. Now, like, for example, being better looking than other people, that gives you an advantage. Doesn't mean an uh, ugly fella can't succeed. We know a lot of them that do. Um, you know, being in shape physically is an advantage. Doesn't mean a fat guy can't be successful. We know a lot of them that are. So when you realize, you know, success is not, you know, Happenstance. It, the, the, there are certain things that apply. In my opinion, coincidentally, there's five things you got to do. Number one, you got to take a chance. A lot of people will not take a chance for some reason or another. Yeah. Other people's opinion, the fear of being judged, the fear of failure. But you have to take a chance, or you're going to work for someone who did. Period. Mm-hmm. Number two, you got to solve problems. You got to be a good problem solver. And how do you get good at anything? You got to do it. Practice. Practice. So what do most people do when they face problems? They quit. They hide from them. They run from them. They avoid them. Why are you avoiding problems when, when you need to get good at solving them? You should look for problems. Face your problems. You know, you have to be able to solve problems because they're coming no matter what. So you you want to get really good at solving them. After you get good at solving problems, the easier life becomes. And people start to say, well you know that's because you know th- this guy no 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 it's you you didn't get it didn't get easier you just got better see the difference yep and then you know third if you take a chance and you solve problems the third thing i think that matters is you have to like literally be able to make adjustments like like listen to what's going on pay attention to the the data you know l- open your eyes and ears and listen to what's going on take that feedback and be willing to make adjustments i've made adjustments along the way i started out a training company right then i'm a technology company yeah so so 20 years later now i'm making millions of dollars well i didn't start out doing that i adjusted so you have to be able to make adjustments most people think you have to lock on to something and it's your way or no way and it's just not true you have to you have to make adjustments and you and you have to be okay with you know taking a left when you thought you were going right and just, you know, make adjustments. Then four, you have to seek knowledge on a regular basis. You have to seek information every single day. If, if you want to change what you're getting, you have to change what you're doing. And in order to change what you're doing, you have to change your beliefs because the reason you do what you do is you believe what you believe for whatever reason. So to, So to change what you're doing, you have to change what you believe. And most people don't know how to change their beliefs. You know how you change your beliefs? New information, keyword being new. If you got no new information from now on, you would never change your belief system. You change your beliefs by new information. So you have to seek new information. Keep training, keep learning, keep seeking new information on a regular basis so you can keep changing your beliefs, so you can keep changing your actions, and then you'll keep changing your results. Um, and then the last one is to outdo the day before, you know, most people want to compare themselves rather than prepare themselves. It's like yesterday is your only competition, right? What'd you do yesterday? That's what you should be working against. Not what I'm doing. You don't know my story. You don't know what I did and who helped me and all the connections I had. And you don't know any of that. So too many people are looking at these other people trying to compare themselves When in reality none of that matters what matters is did you outdo yesterday are you outperforming yourself because if you just outperform yourself that's what matters and i think you put those five things together you're almost guaranteed success
1: so somebody listening right now uh that's thinking man i got this idea i I really really i think i could be I think I could change the world, or I could be a millionaire, or I could make a lot, whatever they want. Like, but they haven't executed, they haven't stepped out yet. Step one. Step one, what do you, what do you say? What's, the, what's your advice as a super successful entrepreneur many times over, what would you tell that guy sitting in his car right now, or that lady walking her dog, or the person at the gym working out right now listening to this podcast? What's Brad Lee, the real Brad Lee, what would he say, this is what you got to do to get started? This is your advice. What do you say?
0: Take a chance that's step one you have to take a chance if you don't take a chance nothing's ever going to happen so i mean just do it like what's the worst that can happen quit worrying about failure failure believe it or not is actually a good thing you know you've heard michael jordan say he's failed more times than than like he's failed more times at basketball than i have yeah but he's tried more well that's the thing yeah but he wasn't afraid What you know? At the end of the day, you're worried about what someone will think. You're worried about what if it doesn't work. What if it doesn't? What if you stay the same? See, that's that's what I thought is like. I wasn't worried about if it doesn't work. Big deal. Like I can go back to run car dealerships. I can go. I can always sell something. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be broke because I can sell. The, the The biggest attribute to my success is the ability to sell clothes and persuade people i can close people and with that skill nothing's scary i could you could drop me off in nashville paducah kentucky i don't care where you drop me <laughs> like the whole undercover billionaire dude that is not amazing to me you know especially when grant cardone did it like dude it, it, it I guarantee you drop me off in any town within 90
1: days, I'll have a million dollar company. All right, Glenn Stearns, you heard him, man. Put him on the next I had I had
0: Glenn Stearns at my success event. I know Glenn, you know, I don't wanna be on the show. I don't have time for the show, but it's not necessarily impressive to me. You know what would be impressive to me? Take somebody, give them a hundred dollar bill and give them 30 days to turn it into a million. But to start a million dollar business, it's not that difficult. Think about it. You just have to be able to sell.
1: I think the coolest part of that first episode or the first season was when Glenn sold those tires. He sold. That was amazing. That was it. That was kind of the key. What he got? He got like 1300 bucks from tires he found like out in the junkyard somewhere, like he sold it and he took the chance. Like I love I think your advice your advice That also
0: could be scripted
1: though. Could be.
0: I mean, you never know. Never know. Well, like what a
1: coincidence. But it was a cool you know, story. Look looking
0: for tires. Like who would have thought of tires?
1: Well, the, what he did was he went on Craigslist for people wanting to buy stuff and people wanted these big tractor tires. He's like, Okay, there's a there's a problem to solve. That's one of your five things, right? Find the problem to solve. He found a problem to solve, went out and drove right. around, find the tire found the tires like did the work. Did the work, took the chance. He didn't whine. He didn't whine
0: complain. Well, what if there are no tires? <laughs> Well, what if nobody wants them once I find them? That's what people are doing all day long. You know, I've got a great idea. Why aren't you doing anything with it? Well, and they talk themselves right out of it. I've, I've had multi-million dollar ideas that I did nothing with, and now I see them. This thing on the back of my phone is called a love handle. Mm-hmm. When I first got my iPhone a long time ago, it kept slipping out of my hand. It slipped out of everybody's hand. I said, dude, I need to, I need to make something that your fingers slide in. To where that doesn't happen you just stick it on the back of your phone and everyone's like you know oh yeah i'd get one of those but i never did anything with it now this guy's making millions of dollars his name's mike watts it's <laughs> execution is what matters it, there it is
1: and, and i get people call me because people people know me as a coach i coach entrepreneurs on how to build scale and enjoy their businesses with the idea of exiting without exiting and and i i get people call me all the time jason i got this idea what do you think about this and and i remember one of the most recent calls i got the guy called and he had a it was a cool idea like like what you just talked about i'm like okay are you going to do this is it executable his idea was a lot more complicated than a handle on the back of a phone it was a technology play but but i said look dude i could go find a million dollar idea from a homeless guy downtown ideas are worthless what can you execute and for that guy my my advice was like look just go start print t-shirts do something if you want to start just do it. Like, find something that executes because execution is worth more than the idea. Well,
0: that's what I'd tell that lady that you were describing.
1: Mm-hmm. Do it. got to do it. What's the worst? I always ask
0: myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. And when people say burn your ships, see, I don't agree with that one. I do not agree. Really? Hell no. What are you, stupid?
1: Well, tell, tell me your perspective. I'm interested.
0: Well, I mean, like when I started my company i thought well i can always come back to the car business i can always go back and sell something so that's my ship Mm -hmm. i didn't go around and ruin every relationship i had so there was no choice like if i had no choice i probably wouldn't have jumped i would have said hell no dude i'm not leaving myself no options that's ridiculous now if that's what you need then i suggest you do yeah but dude i highly highly advise do not burn your boats. Make them nice and comfortable and remember that they're there. So, you give that gives you the comfort to take the chance because you have to take the chance. Now, if there's no other way, you'll take a chance because you got a nice, comfortable way off the island or whatever the story is. The story with burning your ships where they they came from somewhere, I forget what the story is Portugal
1: like. that came over to South America.
0: Yeah, and so we burnt the ships so they'd. So they'd start working because they were like oh well why do this we, we're, we're going home so he burnt the ships and said dude you're not going home now you better start building yep so that was the only option because he couldn't get the people to do the work unless he burnt the ships but now it's some big analogy and everyone says burn your ships
1: i wouldn't burn your ship bro I, when you first said that i disagree with you but i think now as you explain it yeah that makes sense you got you, yeah. Although I would say that our ability to adapt will always outperform our ability to plan. So if you, if, you, if you know that you can adapt and understand that law of adaptation, like whether your ships are there or not, you're going to make it. That's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, but like, wouldn't it be nice to know that like, if shit don't go well, you always got that?
1: Well, that's true. But you had the skill. It wasn't necessarily a thing or a place to go back to. It was a skill. You relied on the skill. So yeah. your ship was the skill. It's that's like right. you couldn't just turn off, well, I don't want to know how to sell anymore, so I'm going to download that out of my brain. Yeah, but
0: I could have called every
1: place in the world and burnt that shit. Well, that's true. And that would be uh, stupid. Foolish. <laughs> well, listen, what, what, anything else you want to share about the real Bradley story? Because I, I, this has been a fascinating conversation. Is there any final nuggets of wisdom that you would give listeners who are listening as entrepreneurs that wa- or entrepreneurs that want to do something amazing? You said take a chance. Is there anything else that you would want to tell people like, Pay attention to this. I love your five things. I I, I think that's going to be My editors need to pull that out and make that on some micro content. That was great stuff. So what what else would you say?
0: I I would say that you just need to keep asking yourself, what's the worst
1: that can happen?
0: Yeah. Because nothing's going to happen, folks. Like 97% of the things we worry about never happen. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You're broke. I was broke when I started okay what's the worst that can happen you're broke so what you're already broke yeah like well what's the worst that can happen everyone thinks you're a failure folks who cares what other people
1: think we talked about that already for sure yeah it's
0: like dude just just go i mean if someone has an idea and it's a stupid idea it doesn't mean anything if you're passionate about it and you take a chance and guess what you might be proven right that it is a great idea look at crocs You know crocs oh yeah
1: for sure own them
0: if my buddy would have told me hey dude i got an idea to make rubber clogs i would have said dude ain't nobody gonna buy those things like don't do it a pool noodle you know those pool noodles
1: got them in my pool. i
0: would have told somebody dude that is the dumbest idea ever and they would have listened to me there'd be no crocs no pool noodles and two less you know, multimillionaires, if not billionaires. At the end of the day, dude, don't listen to other people. Listen to yourself. You have intuition. Yeah. It was instilled upon us. And I think if more people listened to their intuition, they'd be much better off in life. Quit worrying. Whoever Osho is, go study Osho. Yeah, is that a person?
1: Yeah, it's a person. O S H O. I'm gonna OSHO.
0: start. I'm gonna start looking into Osho. That's probably because you got a PhD. <laughs>
1: I don't have the PhD.
0: Oh, that's another thing I'd I'd really advise. If I could do it all over again, what I would do is I would read every single day. I would freaking invest my money more wisely. That's the only two things
1: I would do differently. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I made you, a lot of mistakes. How much do you read now? Every like, day. Okay, so but when did you start that habit? About 48. Okay, so not long.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't need to do it to succeed. My bullheadedness and my ability to sell clothes and persuade m- made sure that I succeeded. But, but I could have succeeded much faster, and I would have a lot more money had I just read more and, and sought information. Never used to do it. I had to learn everything the hard way. My book coming out is called The Hard Way, Lessons I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I'm putting down all of these lessons and the stories of how I learned them in a book that I guarantee if a 20-year-old read that book, they're going to have a much better time in life. Why? Well, because they're going to learn them one way or the other. These aren't lessons that you're not going to learn. Yeah. Like if a 60-year-old picked up the book, they would agree with all of these lessons because more than likely they already got their ass handed to them and they've learned them. Yeah. Because these are almost universal truths but 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 younger generation they don't know a lot of these things so i'm i figured you know i'll just give a book to people that were if they really want to know you know what's what read that book you can pre-order it by the way go to bradlee.com
1: there it is Bradley lea that's right lea not l-e-e yeah
0: people always say is that leah i say i don't know do you drink Tia? <laughs>
1: Well, I think that's, uh, you, you mentioned the whole, what's the worst thing that happened to you? Today? It came to my mind a minute ago. It was uh, Tim Ferriss in his book, For Our week. That was one of the things he talked about is like, go through and, and say, what is the absolute worst case scenario if I did this? Is it, and the worst case, in most people's opinion, would be death. Like, okay, that is the worst case. But short of that. Yeah, what but I
0: would advise don't do it if there's death involved. Yeah,
1: but other than that, man, go do it. You know, I'll go
0: broke. So what? Why are you so worried about being broke? Yeah, there's other ideas. You can try something else. You're not dead.
1: Yeah, there's one. There's actually a vendor of ours that we use for uh, my e-commerce company, who um, was a multimillionaire, very successful dude, and the Great Recession took him out, like broke down to I think a truck and his wife. That's it. Like no, he did back, and he's back within five years. Everybody back, is back. So, so don't worry about being broke. If you were going to be successful, you're going to be successful. And if
0: you really want to be truly successful, like wealthy, wealthy, you have to stay broke anyway. Like when I first started getting money, I I, I started to save it. Like I didn't want to feel being broke again. Yeah. So I started to hold on to my money. And then I stunted my growth. And, and growth literally slowed down. And I thought to myself, what the hell, what the hell, what the hell? Well, when I was building my company, dude, I'd get money, spend money, get money, use money. Like I had to live on the money. I had to build with the money. I couldn't hold on to the money. I had to use the money. And then when I finally got some money, I started holding on to it. And I didn't want to risk it. And I didn't want to use it. And I literally stunted my own growth. And then I thought to myself, dude, this is foolish holding on to this money. So when you really start making real money, and let's say you've got 10 million in the bank. If you've got 10 million in the bank you're stunting your own growth. Why? Because that 10 million could be used to make you more. And it just keeps going and going to where I always say, if you really want to get wealthy, stay broke. Get rid of all your capital. Get rid of all your money. Money's worthless unless you use it. Now, when I say all of it, no, I do not mean every dime of it. (laughs) Yes, you can have some buffer. You can have some savings. But at the end of the day, most people don't do that. They start out a company. They build it up to where they got a little bit of comfort, they start to take that money and live better, and they stunt their own growth. They don't have the same amount to advertise with. They don't. They don't. They're not risky like they used to be. They're more conservative, and literally, they can't figure out how to scale their business. I get people calling me all the time. How do I scale my business? I say you scale your business two ways: people and technology. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. How much money you got in the bank? You know, we, we got two hundred about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, well, you know, take a hundred thousand and put it in. Oh, no, 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 no. Mike, what's the problem? Oh, dude, oh, wait, I got to have a buffer. So you got $250,000 and you don't want to use it? Like, that's foolish.
1: Well, it sounds like they need to burn a few ships. Maybe not all of them, right? Just use the money, man. Yeah, it's a tool.
0: Money is a tool. That's all
1: it is. It's one of, a, money is a tool to get more of it. One of, my, uh, one of my advisors asked me this question a long time ago when I first and, and started engaging with him. He said, if everything you knew about money was wrong, when would you want to know? And I thought, man, that's a great question. Because to your point, you said if you could do it all over again, you'd read every day and you'd invest your money more wisely. And well, how do you learn to invest it wisely? By reading, by getting around indirect mentors like you, read your books, go, you know, coaching, hire coaches. Like I have three coaches that I pay lots of money to, to help me marketing and advice and, you know, mentorship. I think people need to learn. You can accelerate success. You can't escape pain. As an entrepreneur, you're going to experience pain, but you can't. You can't escape the pain but you can learn faster and you can move through it more quickly if you read learn how to use money i love it
0: 100 percent. the the last thing i'll say is this invest money more wisely you know cash flow didn't understand financial literacy until i was about 45 um, spent a lot of money foolishly trying to impress people tables and cars and houses that didn't matter i always say I spent so much money trying to impress people that if I had it all back, it would be impressive. (laughs) And nobody was impressed. And nobody remembers. Nobody calls me and says, dude, you remember that one time you dropped 10 grand at that nightclub? And remember that one time you paid for us all to go to that trip and we all had fun? And nobody, nobody remembers that shit. All that money I wasted trying to impress other people was foolish. Don't worry about impressing anyone. Worry about yourself and i tell you without fear of contradiction and with perfect certainty that you'll look back one day and you'll say that was some of the best advice i ever got well that's awesome brad
1: well it's an honor to spend this time with you talking and it i mean obviously we're doing it for the show but just personally i really appreciate you being here appreciate you spending spending time with me here in nashville talking on the show i would be Uh, I I follow you, and I'm going to follow you more closely now because I think there's a lot of, you know, you use dropping bombs in your show. But I think you do. You dropped a ton of that really amazing knowledge that for entrepreneurs listening to the show can actually make them successful. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, so everybody listening, watching on YouTube, got to go follow The Real Bradley on Instagram. Look him up on YouTube. Look up LightspeedVT.com. If uh, you know there, there's ways that you can use it to train your employees, or there's a way if you've got content that you need to push out, Lightspeed is a platform that you can use to push that content out. That gets what he's talking about, where you can actually use the content to to replicate, to 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 repeat, to do quizzes so that people actually learn, not just push info out, but actually get people to change and their behavior, change their beliefs, and do things better. So go follow The Real Brad Lee. Very pleased to have him in Nashville today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, please go subscribe. And my offer that I want to make you guys today for listening is that if you would like to get one free session of coaching with me, you can go to the slash free coaching. Now, why do I give away free sessions of coaching? I my coaching is expensive I'm an expensive coach because I've I've gone through the years of building businesses and being a failure and being a success and I can help accelerate your success you can't escape the pain but I can help accelerate it for you I give away the free session every week to some entrepreneur around the world because I want to give back because I believe and I think Brad would agree with me that entrepreneurs are the ones who change the world we are the ones who make life better we are the ones that provide technology and things and I like Crocs for goodness sake think about how many lives have been changed because of Crocs. It sounds silly but if you start thinking about it entrepreneurs change the world and to that end my mission and what I want to do to give back is I want to give away one free session a week so every week I'm on zoom coaching somebody and it could be you just go to the real jasonduncan.com slash free coaching simple form to fill out my team reviews all that if we think that you're you're a good quality candidate We'll reach out to you and set it up. You get one free session. The Real Jason slash free coaching. So next week, we're going to talk with another very successful entrepreneur, just like we had today on today's show. And I want you to tune in next week when we get there. And until then, remember this and the way I sign off every time, Jesus is king. But for Brad's sake, Yeshua is king. Amen.
2: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Root of All Success with the Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.